I've been doing a series talking about relationships. And uh, we've done a few now. We talked about our relationship with the Lord, which is the main one. We talked about the marriage relationship. We've talked about the friend relationship. And today, I want to talk about our relationship with authority or our relationship with people in authority. So this is going to be an interesting one. I don't want to offend people or get anybody mad at me, but I'm going to preach what the Bible says about our relationship with authority. Now, again, you're maybe asking, why are you doing a series on relationship? Because here's the bottom line. We are in relationship with people continually. And if you are good at it, you're going to enjoy life. If you are horrible at relationship, you're going to hate life. It's about that simple. So you can learn and grow how to do relationships the way the Bible says, and you're going to be blessed. Everything you do is about relationship. So each of the messages, I've started with the same two verses to encourage you to remember that you and I were created to be in relationship. Okay, so let's look at those again. Genesis 2 and verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So bottom line, human beings were created to be with one another. Now that specifically speaks more to the marriage relationship, but it simply clearly says we were created to be with other people, not alone. Relationship is something you're created for. All right, John chapter 13 34 and 35, Jesus has something to say to his followers about relationship. He says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Church, our love for one another is going to prove to the world that means we need to be in relationship with each other friendships, brothers and sisters, family, however you look at that relationship, it is relationship. You can't love somebody and never have some type of relationship, okay? So relationships are important. Specifically today, we're going to look at our relationship with authority, our relationship with people in authority. Now, the first thing I want to say as we get into this is that God's kingdom works by levels of authority. Listen to the story in Matthew chapter 8 and 5 to 13. Let's read it. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following me, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, 
Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Now, there's two things that stand out to me in this story that I want to explain a little bit. The first one is that the Roman officer understood that God's kingdom works by levels of authority. You see, this wasn't man's idea, let's have someone in charge and somebody here in different levels. It was God's idea from the beginning. There's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's different levels of angels, and they have authority. There's archangels, and there's other angels. Authority and levels of authority is how God's kingdom works. All right? So he said it that way. Now, the second thing I see in this story that is really important is when Jesus says, I have not seen such great faith. Now, often we were like, well, because he believed he could just speak it. The faith element comes from the fact that this Gentile understands that God's kingdom works by levels of authority. And he understands that Jesus was the number one authority on earth. That is where the faith came in. Now, Jesus looks at the people around who were mostly Israelites. And he says to the Israelites there that are listening, you guys know something? There's going to be Gentiles coming. There's going to be people who know nothing of God that are going to come into this kingdom, but you'll not be in this kingdom. Why? Many Israelites would not receive Jesus' authority. They believed they knew better, and being under authority was not something they were okay with. Now, it could be because they had an oppressive Roman Empire over them at that time, but it was a fact. They became hard-hearted. They would not be willing to receive the authority of Jesus. Now, here's another point I want to make today. In Scripture, we are told to obey authority. Let's have a look at a few verses that speak this. And if, as I read through this, you're thinking, but isn't there a time when we're going to get to those verses too? Romans 13, 1 to 7. Says everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. And then he gets into some more things. Pay your taxes too. For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid, they are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Now, as we read this scripture, maybe in your mind you're thinking, well, but it was different back then. You know, maybe this is kind of uncomfortable, and you're thinking, well, I don't know. It was different back then. It was really different because back then, the writer who's writing this lived under an oppressive Roman Empire, and he's telling those people who are Christians, you need to obey the authority. You see, the writer who penned this, God giving it to him to pen, would be killed by those same authorities later. And yet here he is telling them, you need to obey authority. Yes, God's word is true for then, and God's word is true for now. 
Titus 3 and verse 1 says this, Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. And 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14, For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. And one more, Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So we are called to obey authority. Now, when I first started this, maybe you asked the question, is there a time we shouldn't obey authority? Well, the Bible has something to say about that too. So let's have a look. There's a few circumstances in Scripture, a few times, and we'll look at a few of those. Exodus 1 and verse 16 to 22 is one such time. Pharaoh has commanded the midwives to kill the baby boys of the Jews, and we'll just read it. Verse 16, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt came and called the midwives and says, why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women, they said, are not like the Egyptian women. The midwives replied, they are more vigorous and they have their babies so quickly that we can't get there in time. So God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And then Pharaoh gave the order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River but you may let the girls live. So here was a time where they did not obey the government authority. Why? Because they asked them to kill the babies and they had a higher authority, which was God who said, don't kill. So I just want to say, if anybody has asked you to kill somebody, it doesn't matter what their authority level is, you can say no. All right? Everybody's okay with that. Good. So there are some circumstances, situations. God obviously is the highest authority. But I do want you to see clearly as well that these are extreme circumstances. Look at another story in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 to 11. Now, just a little bit of backstory. Daniel was serving under the king of Babylon at this time, and he was one of the higher up leaders. And some others that were leading alongside of him were jealous of him, and they decided they would come up with a plan to get rid of him. And they told the king, why don't you get people to only pray to you and no other God? And if they pray to another God, you know, throw them to the lions. And the king was obviously a little bit uh, prideful and he went along with it. And Daniel says, hey, wait a minute. Let's read it. Daniel 6 verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he, has always, as he had always done, giving thanks to God. So Daniel says, you know what? This is a situation for me where I have to continue praying to my God, even though authority has said don't. And I'm going to revisit that in a minute. But we also read a time where it happened in the New Testament. Acts chapter 4 
18 to 20. It says, They called the apostles back and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have heard and seen. You see, Christ had commanded them to speak the good news. And now they're being told, don't ever speak in his name again. And they had a choice to make. Which authority would they obey? Now they were told they could never speak anything in his name. I don't believe any of us have been told that. Acts 5, 28 to 29, also very similar story, but another time. And again, somebody is telling them, don't speak about him. And they said, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have failed Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So there were some situations where this happened because God is a higher authority. But I want to bring a little bit of clarity to it. And I want to say that over my years in ministry, I have seen times where Christians use these verses as an excuse to not submit to any authority, simply because they have a problem with submitting to authority. You see, the times of not obeying authority in scripture that we read are actually rare. And friends, if you or I are continually struggling with authority and not disobeying authority, and we're using God as our excuse, we probably have an issue with rebellion, an attitude or a heart of rebellion, possibly a spirit of rebellion, because God has not called us to be rebellious. Listen to Daniel's story. We talked about the time where he said, no, I can't obey you, king. I'd rather obey God and lose my life. You see, the situations where they chose to not obey, they knew they were taking their lives in their hands, and they could be killed. That's how it worked in the New Testament days as well. Daniel knew that, but he said, this is a time I need to. But what you need to understand, Daniel served ungodly kings from the time he was 17 years old. We know that he served 70 plus years, and we read one time where he said, I cannot obey you. Hello. 70 plus years and it was only one time and he served under ungodly kings. He served under them and he served them with respect and honor and he did everything in his power to cause their leadership and their country, their province to be blessed. I'll tell you what, that is a heart we must have. Can you find every way possible to honor and respect that authority? And only when there's a time that it's impossible. And it should be a time where you're willing to say, I would rather choose death than disobey God. If that doesn't fit in it, then it's a good chance you just don't like what you're being told. If it's not a matter of God, it's like, I don't like it. Hmm, my boss is so annoying, but I don't have to listen to him because God is my number one authority. That, my friend, is not scriptural. I'm talking about relationship with authority from supervisor, your boss, maybe government. How are you with authority? How is your relationship with authority? Because if you choose to walk in rebellion, it will destroy you. Listen to 1 Samuel 15, 22 to 23. Samuel replied, he's talking to King Saul, and he says, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offering and sacrifice are your obedience to his voice. 
Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than the offerings of the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. Wow, there's a word. Now, all of us sitting here, if someone came in and they went in the back corner and they were practicing some witchcraft, how many of you would be okay with that? Nobody. But how many times do people come in with a rebellious attitude? In God's eyes, that's the same as someone coming in the back corner and practicing witchcraft. Okay. That was heavy. You're all looking at me like, why did we come this morning? Hang on, it's going to get better. Another point I'd like to make about our relationship with authority is that we are told to pray for authority. All right? 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceable, quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. We are told to pray for those in authority over us. Let me ask you a question. Do you pray for your supervisor? If your supervisor is not a Christian, you're not going to go pray for them right to their face. But do you pray for your supervisor at your prayer time? Do you pray for your boss? Because if you just criticize supervisors and bosses, you're probably acting in rebellion. Do you pray for them? Do you pray God's favor and blessing on them? Because if you do, it brings peace to your workplace and you get to work there. Or you can criticize and be angry and make a mess of it and you still get to work there until finally the boss gets tired of your bad attitude. And Anyways, we'll just leave that alone. So how is your heart towards the authority that God has placed over you. You need to pray for them. I'm going to encourage you today, I don't care who's over you, pray for them, okay? You will see a change. God will either change them or change you, whichever one needs it. Pray for those in authority over you. Finally, my last point is going to take a little bit to wrap up, of course, but I want to say this. We are also, as Christians, given authority, and we are told how to act when we're in authority. Look at Luke chapter 10 and verse 17 to 19, and it says this, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to transform and serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Christians, the Lord wants to give you authority. He wants to give you authority in the spirit, but he also wants to give you authority in the natural. But here is the thing. The Lord doesn't give authority until you're ready and can handle it. These disciples that followed him weren't given this authority from the beginning. They spent time with him learning, growing, and then the authority was given. Look at Luke 19 and verse 16 to 19. And I'm reading a portion of a parable that Jesus shared. That's a story to help people understand how the kingdom of God works. Okay, And he likens it to a master who leaves his goods, his wealth, with servants and tells them, have authority over this and look after it. And here's the result. Verse 16, the first servant reported, Master, I've invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five 
cities. This is a parable explaining how the kingdom works. I need to say this, God wants you to have authority, but I need to say this also, he will give you a little bit and see how you handle it. And if you can prove that you can handle it, he'll give you more. Friends, I have learned over the years that God will not put you in authority until you learn how to be under authority. If you work somewhere and your attitude is Oh, these supervisors, these bosses, they don't know nothing. You will always just be a worker and never be an authority. I've seen it. I've worked with guys who, in the carpentry business, were in their 60s, and they were still just an employee on the ground level because they did not know how to be under authority. And they always knew better than the boss, still. If you can't be under authority, you won't be in authority. God will give you something to see how you can handle it. Interestingly, this portion of Scripture says it's finance that he gives. How is your authority over your finance? Are you looking after it well? If you are, he's going to give more. Also, if you're here today and maybe you grew up and you were taught that, well, Christians should be poor, scripturally, that's not true. God wants to bless you if you know how to be faithful with it, okay? And he'll bless you more, but use it well. So God gives them more authority saying, I'll give you authority over 10 cities, 5 cities. Interestingly, your ability to look after finance shows a great deal about your ability to handle authority. I'm just going to leave that there. That's for a whole other message on finance. And finally, my last scripture today. Jesus tells us how we should be when we do get placed in authority. How should we act? How should we be when people look at us? And here's what he says in Mark 10. Verse 42, Jesus gathered them all together and said to them, those recognized rulers of the people and those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects, but this is not the example you're to follow. You are to lead by a different model. If you want to be the greatest, then live as one called to serve others. Path to promotion comes by having a heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone. And to give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of many. God wants to put you in positions of authority. God wants to take you higher. But first of all, you're going to have to prove that you can handle what he's already given you. And if what he's given you at this point is the bottom row on the job, then you better prove you can handle it. Because whatever you've been given to do, you've been given authority to do it. So do it well. When you're in a position of authority over other people, you need to treat them well. God says, I don't want you as Christians to be proud, arrogant, and slamming people and crushing them because of your position. I want you to treat them like you love them, like you care for them. Finding what they need so they can do their job the best way possible. Being one of them even though you're their leader. You see, Jesus was our example. He spoke with authority. He led with authority. But he called them his friends. And he treated them as his friends. You and I need to do well in our relationship with authority. So I want to finish by asking this. How is your relationship right now with the authority God has put over you? Because if you're struggling with it, you're going to be miserable. But if you figure it out, life gets a whole lot better. I'm gonna, I want to just pray for you as a group to bless you and to pray over your uh, relationships with authority. But right before I do that, I just want you to think right now of one or two people that are in authority over you, okay? Just picture that. Maybe we'll do one because it's easier. Picture that one person in your mind who's in authority over you, and I want you now to think, how's that working for you? Are you at peace with them? Are you able to honor and respect them, even if they're not perfect? If you're thinking, well, I would honor them and respect them if they did everything perfect, well, that's, that's an error. 
That's not what God said to do. He said, honor and respect them because of who they are. So how are you with that person that I told you to picture? Now, I want you this week to take time to pray for that person. I want you to honor them and to treat them with respect. And I can guarantee if you can do that all week, by the end of the week, it will be a completely different relationship. Did you know when you walk into a workplace, if you've walked in with the mindset already that this is a horrible person I serve under, they don't like me, I don't like them, you are going to walk in and create an issue before it even starts. How about you walk in with, I'm going to honor this person because God put them there. I'm going to say hello. I'm going to see how it goes. Anyhow, I've said enough. Let's stand together and I'm going to close in prayer.